Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, get settled in on episode 84 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And uh, before you leave today, invite someone to listen. Uh, Use one of your social media to get them on or just text them or call them. Let them know. But uh, anyway, keep on getting out there, getting people to listen. And uh, as our our, um, listening crew uh, increases, uh, help be a part of that. And uh, we want to make sure that the Bible is just making a difference in your life. Well, Pastor, you know, all my childhood, I was called a goody two shoes. You know, my friends smoked. My friends, you know, they would try to steal. What kind of friends did you have? <laughs> exactly. You I, know, uh, as a child, you hung around with the smokers. No joke. Yeah, I mean, we were like, smoking yeah. at a young age. And eight, it, nine it, years old, yeah. y'all are all. Oh man, it really oh, got bad when I'm, I was eleven. I, I don't w- want my kids listening to this episode. It's already a PG <laughs> episode. We're one minute in. You meant PG. Listen, cigarettes weren't that big a deal back then. I could, I literally could go in a store and buy cigarettes for. Yeah my dad anytime I wanted to. Did you ever smoke? I did not. You never tried it? Never tried it. No, didn't Mm -hmm. smoke. Only thing I ever wanted to do was smoke a pipe. And that was because I don't know why, but I never did. I wanted to chew tobacco, but I didn't do that either. My grandfather and my grandmother were big time smokers. Mm. My grandmother gave me a cigarette one time to try it. Mm. So all it took was one time, never did it again. That was terrible. (laughs) I believe my dad smoked like a chimney when I was young. And I got plenty of smoke. So if I die of cancer, like you said yeah. the other day, it will be because of that uh, smoke that I lived with him when we would drive the car and mm-hmm. he had the windows mm-hmm. up and I'd be breathing that smoke in. So okay, I well, hated I'm sorry it. I interrupted you. You were telling us something important. Anyway, I'm just, uh, but I, I was just kind of taken off guard that as a young was, child, you were hanging around, hanging around with the smokers. My well, goodness. By 11 years old, man, all my friends smoked. Oh, so wow. I, was, I was the only one that I knew. But anyway, anyway, I didn't drink, didn't do immoral things and the like. So. You know, we're going to be talking today about goodness. And so I have to ask, what is goodness about? Is it about just what I don't do? You know, that's why I'm a goody two shoes. If I want to be good, all I have to do is just isolate myself, kind of like we did in COVID. And then I'll be insulated from all the evil stuff out there. And, and you know, that's what's going to make me good. But, you know, I always I, I started thinking that and I said, but, you know, where does goodness come from? And, and Pastor, you know, the, the issue really, I think, is what's in my heart. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this is an interesting topic because like some of the other characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit, this is one we don't talk about Mm -hmm. a lot. If you've been around Northwood on Sunday mornings, you know we've been in a series on the fruit of the Spirit, and hopefully it's been helpful. It's been helpful for you, Trey. Oh, man, I have loved it. It it has just been really good. It's been helpful for me just studying through this stuff, and man, God's been convicting me of some things, and I mean, I was even just praying this morning for patience, patience. Lord, teach me to be patient. Mm -hmm. Open up opportunities for me to show kindness. I mean, so it's been really been affecting Mm -hmm. me just to kind of meditate on these things and think through them, and I hope that is the effect it's having on others who are listening. So if you're not a part of our church, um, I'd encourage you to go to our website, northwoodbaptist.com, maybe listen to a few of those messages, uh, not because they're the best messages ever on the fruit of the Spirit, but to get you thinking about them at least, to get you thinking about the the character qualities Mm -hmm. that that Christ wants to grow in you. And this one, goodness, it's just one we don't talk about a whole lot. Well, what I've liked about this series, though, is that typically when you hear fruit of the Spirit, you have one sermon, and they just basically say, this means, this means, this means, this mm-hmm. means. But we've had the opportunity to apply yeah. every one of these over that week before we come back to right, the next right, week. Right, right, right. 
which I have purposely applied these things over the week, which has been a big deal for me. So, uh, I, and several people have told me the same sort yeah. of thing. So. so this past one or the week before last, we did kindness. How did you apply kindness? I was kind. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, th- this which past- is abnormal for you. So I'm glad <laughs> you did. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're I, very kind man. No, but for instance, driving, mm-hmm. guy cut me off today. I just waved you at waved him. him. He probably thought him. I was doing the, the single finger salute, but I was not. You're giving all the fingers. I, <laughs> was, I was waving at him. I was smiling <laughs> and uh, gave him thumbs up and yeah. stuff. No, but uh, seriously, I, I purposed to help a couple of people uh, at Walmart yesterday. Yeah. I did that. Um, today, I helped uh, one of our, one of our uh, teenage girls that's helping us here in the office. I helped her uh, understand how she could be a part and yeah. You know, just things like that. It's intentional. So. Got to be intentional about it, right? Exactly. And it's the same thing when it comes to goodness. How can we be intentional when it comes to being good? Mm-hmm. And and so so here's the thing about goodness. Um, we've said that before. You you've said the phrase at some point in your life, Trey. You may even said today, "I'm good." I'm good. I'm good. You need that? How I'm you good. doing? I'm good. You need anything? No, I'm good. We say that all the time. We do. Right? Yeah. I'm good. I don't know what that means. I don't either. I think it's just a, a drop word. We but use. we do say things like this as well. We say, man, that person over there, he's a good person. Mm-hmm. And so when you say that, you know, George is a good person, what do you mean by that? Uh, typically, you mean that, you know, that they're not mean. Yeah. They're, they, uh, you know, are some of the fruit of the spirit might be working in their life. Yeah, they're yeah. kind. Uh, they take care of people. You've seen yeah. that happen. They're just good people. You, you people you like to be around. Right, That's kind right, of the idea. Right. So we said Sunday morning when we talked about goodness in the message, we said that goodness is moral purity and excellence. Mm. It's something that's worthy of approval. A good person does what is right because of who they are in Jesus. Wow. So goodness is moral excellence. It's purity. It's interesting. I mean, when you, when you put the word goodness next to moral excellence, it kind of, yeah. Wow. It's a big deal. There aren't many good people. Mm -mm. And that's the thing, Trey. I mean, this, this character quality of the fruit of the spirit, it is much needed in our culture Mm. because we don't live in a good world. We live in a broken world. Very much. We live in a evil, an evil world. Mm -hmm. We, We know that. And so, so man, when we live out the goodness of Christ, it really does set us apart from the rest of the world. So we want to talk about uh, on this episode how we can grow in the goodness of Jesus. So three ways to grow in the goodness of Jesus. Three ways we can grow in goodness. Well, first of all, uh, as we ask this question, how do we do that? Number one, don't let who you were keep you from being who you are. I like that. Ah, So we talked about this Sunday morning and the story of the rich young ruler. Mm -hmm. And the very first thing he said when he met Jesus was, oh, good teacher. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said what, Trey? Why, why are you calling me good? Exactly. Now, Jesus is good. But they're, he they're, wanted to know why he yeah, was calling Yeah, yeah, but this good. rich young ruler didn't know who Jesus was. He didn't mm-hmm. know that Jesus was. He didn't know he was standing in the presence of the King of kings and Lord of lords, the God of all creation who created him, who knew everything about him, who numbered the hairs on his head. He didn't know who he was talking to. Mm-hmm. For the rich young ruler, he just thought he was talking to a, you know, a rabbi, mm-hmm. a good teacher. Right, a good teacher, a rabbi. And mm-hmm. Jesus was very quick to say, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> They ain't nobody good but God but alone. God himself. And so if you're calling me good, then you must be calling me God. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's that's the point, Trey. I mean, no one's good. Mm. We like to say, yeah, I'm good. All's good. Everything's good. But no one's good. Amen. That's that's the... That's oh, the, me. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the truth of Scripture is that we're all 
spiritually bankrupt, right? That, that none of us are good. But the beauty of the gospel is Jesus has made us good. Mm-hmm. Not because we are. And, and we, we talk about this all the time. We still live in a sinful nature. We struggle. But our position before God is good. When God looks at you, Trey, when he looks at me, he says, they're good. Trey's good. Tommy's good. Not because we are, but because the goodness of Jesus is is applied to our lives. That's our position before God. Mm -hmm. We're good. And so part of growing in goodness is realizing who we are right now, not who I was. What I am in Jesus. Yeah, what I am in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Who I was, I was an evil sinner on my way to an eternity in hell, but the good teacher, Jesus himself, the master of the universe, he changed me and changed my position before him. Mm-hmm. There's still a sinful nature within me that I'm going to struggle with for the rest of my life. But but since I know who I am in Christ, I'm not who I once was, knowing who I am motivates me to live differently. It's all about, for, for us, growing in, in goodness or growing in any of the character qualities of the fruit of the Spirit. It's all about understanding who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Mm. That's always the motivation and, and just reminding ourselves uh, of, of the gospel message, right? The gospel isn't just to get us saved. Mm-hmm. It certainly does that. We would not be saved without the gospel. But the gospel is good for our sanctification, right, to help us to grow in Jesus. Because when I understand my position before God because of Christ Jesus, it compels me to live differently. Mm-hmm. I want to pursue righteousness. I want to be morally excellent because the one who is morally excellent gave his life for me. I want to be right. like him. You know what I'm saying? So, so oftentimes we just get, we just get frustrated. I, I'll never be able to change. I'll never be able to, you know, be good. I'll never be able to do the right thing because of what I've done, my past or who I was or the case may be just reminding ourselves we're not who we once were. If you're in Christ, you are a new creation. All the old is passing away. All things are becoming new. You're good before God. And so therefore, because you're good before God, you can choose to live in a way that reflects the goodness of God as you make choices that are consistent with his will and his word. I have the privilege of working with uh, the students on Wednesday nights. Yeah. And typically you get this question just about, every, I don't know if it's every week, but a lot. And they always ask, how far can I go and, you know, whatever the, yeah. whatever they're and talking about. If you're asking about. that question, you've already gone too far, haven't yeah. you? And, and, but when you put it up against moral excellence, yeah. in other words, am I being good if I do this? But when you say, <laughs> that's why this word is just so powerful. Yeah. If I, am I being morally excellent? excellent. Morally excellent. Wow. That yeah, just, it, excellent. to me, that just changes things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is there any questions we can ask to kind of help yeah, absolutely, us? Absolutely, absolutely. So so these are our gospel questions, okay. right? So gospel questions that you and I need to ask ourselves on a regular basis, mm-hmm. okay? When, when we're thinking about who we are in Christ, questions we need to constantly ask ourselves are questions like this. Who is God? Who is God? Yes. It's a big deal because, because understanding who God is helps you to understand who you are not. Mm, amen. Right? Mm-hmm. So who is God and then what has God done? What has God done for you? He he's wow. saved you, right? He's mm-hmm. given you a new life in Jesus Christ. And not only that, but you've asked the question, who is God? What has God done? Who am I in light of God's work? Wow. I'm, I'm new. I'm a new creation. New creation in right? Jesus. Mm-hmm. And now how should I live in light of who I am? So, so for that, for that, so this teenager, is the identification process identification, is what you're doing. Identification. Well, so this is good. So when that teenager is struggling with that decision, how far can I go? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, can can I can I do this or can I do that? What are the limits? Mm-hmm. Well, I got four questions for you. Wow. Who's God? Yeah, I like this. This He's is the good. God of all creation, right? This is workable. Yeah. And what's God done for you? Well, He gave His life for me. 
now who are you? Well, I'm a child of God. So how should you live in light of that? Four simple questions. And so, so anytime I think that, that we're trying to push the limits on moral Mm -hmm. excellence, how far can I go? It's still not sin is what they want to know. Right. And and it's not just teenagers, it's all of us. (laughs) Yeah, we We do. We all want to push the limits. Right. Mm. And just constantly asking us, asking ourselves those four simple questions, I think is huge. Amen. Well, that leads us to number two, because uh, once we get the identification part and we ask, uh, we say, don't let who we were keep us from being who we are. Then number two, don't let who you know keep you from becoming who God wants you to become. This is talking about your smoking friends. <laughs> I know, brother. <laughs> right. It's who you hang around. Yeah, but I want to I want to read Psalm 1. Okay. I think Psalm 1 is super helpful when we think about this idea of goodness or moral excellence. Mm-hmm. Again, just reminding ourselves that this is a fruit of the Spirit, that God wants to grow us in goodness. He wants us to be a people who are morally excellent. Morally excellent. Another word we use to, uh, to describe this is the word holy, mm. right? We see that word holy quite a bit in Scripture. Holy to be set apart, to be yeah. different from, from everybody else. And so, so when you look at Psalm 1, this is what Psalm 1 says. And I'm reading from the, the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible, which is a, the version I've been preaching out of for the last few months here at Northwood. And listen to the first verse. Listen. How happy is the one? I'm going to stop right there. Mm. That's good. That's good right there. Who, who doesn't there, want to be happy? There is a way to happiness. Mm-hmm. Now, some other translations, some older translations use the word blessed, right? So you read from the ESV or the King James, just going to say how blessed is the one. You read the Beatitudes, for example, in Matthew chapter 5, how blessed. But the CSB and some newer translations, they, they, they say how happy. How happy is the one, listen to what it says, who does not. Mm. Not who does, but who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Mm. So when you read that verse, Trey, what do you see? I see that I was hanging around the wrong people. You should have been around the smokers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but again, what, what the psalmist is saying is, man, there are people who can really influence you in such a way that it does not lead to your happiness mm. Instead, it leads to your demise, right? So you come down to the end of the, um, uh, the, the chapter, in verse 4, the, the psalmist says, The wicked are not like this. They're like shaft that the wind blows away. The wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. And, and so, Trey, Trey, I mean, you know this, I know this. Uh, we all know this, I think but I don't know if we really much do anything about this. The people that you associate with on a regular basis really do have a profound influence on your life. Mm-hmm. They just do. I, I heard a, a pastor say years ago, uh, something like this, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are becoming. Mm. And that's powerful because it's true. The people that you are closest with are, are going to have great influence over your life and it's going to affect who you become. Right. And so just this idea of I, if I want to grow in goodness, if I want to be someone who is morally excellent, that reflects the character and nature of Christ, then I need to surround myself with people that are speaking the truth of Christ in me. Mm-hmm. I need to surround myself with people who are leading me to righteousness and not leading me away from righteousness. And so you think about the culture we live in. And again, just the, the, the different kinds of wicked people we uh, allow ourselves to be influenced by, whether it's the gossiper, right, or the, the liar, or whatever the case may be. Those things, whether we realize it or not, have a profound effect on our soul. Mm. And so the psalmist says, man, you're happiest when you don't, mm. right? When you don't, and you think about it, 
walk in the advice of the, the advice, right? When you mm-hmm. don't think like the wicked. Yeah, that makes sense. Or when you um, stand in the pathway. So that idea of standing is that you're, you're with them in the behavior. Oh, that you're okay. doing what they do, right? Or sit, that you're assembling with them, that you're, you're making, you know, um, those wicked people your friends, you're fellowshipping with them, mm-hmm. right? You're, that's not when you're happy. You're not happiest when you're putting yourself around people who are the opposite of what God has called you to be. You're not happy that way. Instead, what you're going to be is you're going to be ruined. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so, so just understanding that growing in uh, goodness, moral excellency, you know, it, it really does matter who you're allowing to influence your life. I always, I always told my kids um, this, this idea, and that is I can tell who you are by the kind of people you hang yeah, around. absolutely. In other words, I won't be blind because your friends are all heathens, yeah. and I think that somehow you're just out there being a good missionary. Yeah, yeah. yeah and <laughs> we know? tell that to our kids. We tell that to our kids, but, but the reality is um, uh, that principle does not change when we're adults. That's true, brother. You're right. You're right. Because you know this like I do, Trey. Our 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 minds and hearts are so impressionable mm-hmm. and so easily influenced. I've been walking with Jesus for a long time. I'm, uh, you know, I, I started following Christ at, when I was six, seven years old. So most of my life, I've been a believer. And, and here I am. I'm a pastor of a church. You know, I've been a seminary. I've got degrees. I've, I've been doing this ministry thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. But it still amazes me how easily influenced I am by people. Oh, boy. I just really am. You know, I, I think I'm not, but when I am around a Southern person, oh, yeah. I really speak Southern. Right. When I'm around a Yankee, I start to speak Yankee. Right. But what I'm saying and is... And when you're around me, you start to speak all intellectual. Yeah, I start and, becoming right? very intellectual I, I know, around I you. I know, I uh, know. humorous. And but we are... Inf- my point is that that's kind of a silly thing to explain how influenced we are. We do... Get influenced by yeah, people. Yeah. I've heard about Christians that are in Hollywood or Christians that are in Nashville. They say, compared, I know you think I'm a heathen, but compared to how everybody else is yeah, living, I'm yeah. doing pretty good. Yeah, and, and you and know this, so, right? That's who trait. they're hanging around. You know this, because you, you've been in ministry a long time like I have, and we have sat across uh, the table from people uh, whose marriages are falling apart, mm. right? We've sat across the table from, uh, from someone who made a decision to, uh, cheat on their spouse, or whatever the case may be. We've sat across a table from somebody who has uh, decided to embezzle funds from their office, or whatever the case yeah. may be. We, we've sat across the table, we've yes, had those we conversations. And, and every time of those conversations, uh, I bet you we've heard something like this. Well, I just got away. <laughs> I got away from the church. Oh, boy, I know. I got away from the people of God. I got away from the right influences. Mm-hmm. You hear it all, all the time. All the time. Yeah. I can't tell how, I just, I mean, I wasn't walking with the Lord. And it, it just happened. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the power of influence, right? And so, so really, if you think about it, you know, growing in moral excellence, it does have a lot to do with who you choose to surround yourself with. And, and, and God's doing a work in your life. And, and the way that God has rigged this whole thing, right, is that, that he chooses to grow you through his word, through mm-hmm. his spirit, mm-hmm. and through the influence of godly Christians who are ministering to you, you cannot underestimate the power of influence. And that's why here at Northwood, we talk all the time about being, about being in a community, a Amen. life connection group, a discipleship group, because we know, we know from experience, mm-hmm. right, how important that is. It really does help you grow not only your knowledge of the word, but grow in the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Things like moral excellence and, and goodness, right? 
Well, you know, we, we, t- and the line that you use that is so true is that we grow best, best. when we're, when we learn in community best and that is how we do it. And Absolutely. so people, it just always burdens me because we do have people, even at our own church that say things like, you know, I just, I just, I study the Bible alone. I'm not going to do it with people. Yeah. That's not my thing. It doesn't matter if it's not your thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you need to be there. You need to be connected. You need to be in community. It makes a difference who you hang difference. around. It Amen. sure does. Okay, uh, let's uh, move on to number three, and that is this. Do let who God is shape you into who God wants you to be. Yeah, so again, we're talking about goodness. Mm -hmm. It's growing in moral excellence where where you choose what's holy, what's right, what's pleasing to the Lord, where you say no to sin and you say yes to God, Mm. and you come down in these verses in Psalm 1, and and you look at verse 2. So the psalmist has already said, how happy is the one who does not give into the influence of the wicked. But then he says, instead, it's so good, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. Mm, And he meditates on it day and night. Mm. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Now, when the psalmist writes this, and again, I'm reading from the CSBs, different translations say a little bit differently. Um, if you're reading an older translation, if you read this psalm, some of you have memorized it this way because this is a, a pretty familiar psalm. Um, instead, it says in verse 2, his delight is in the law, law of the of Lord. Lord. Mm-hmm. So when uh, the psalmist, and we don't know if this was a psalm of David or someone else, there's, there's not an inscription here that tells us like some of the other psalms do. But when the psalmist wrote this particular psalm, mm. what was his Bible? Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Yeah, the law. Mm-hmm. The first five books of the Old Testament. Trey, you just uh, finished reading up. Are, are you still in the Pentateuch? Or are you, you're doing the whole no, Bible I'm, in 90 days? I'm, I'm almost halfway through. I'm in the middle of Psalms right oh, now. Oh, are you really? Okay, yeah. okay. So a few weeks ago, you were in the Pentateuch. Yes, the law, yes. The first five books was that exciting reading? That was overwhelming reading. <laughs> it was overwhelming. Reading. I was overwhelmed with my badness. I will can, tell you can that. Can you imagine if that was your only Bible, the first five books? And yet he delighted in that. Think See, about this, that. This, this is great. I have thought about that yeah. multiple times. This is great. Leviticus is awesome, right? <laughs> Exodus when they build the tabernacle, the types of wood and the furnishings. This is great stuff. You know, when, what, what happens with us when we start our Bible reading plan? Uh, we're usually done halfway we get through Exodus. Like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> that's how most people do. I mean, Genesis is pretty fascinating. I can read through Genesis. I mean, that's, that's some crazy stuff going on there. That's, that's fun. Mm. Then you get Exodus. First part of Exodus, the story of Moses is, yeah, that's really that's cool. Neat. And then reading about the laws, that's kind of interesting. But then when you start getting the tabernacle furnishings, mm. like, ah, I'm done. This is not so exciting anymore. You know, I mean, that's just the way it works, yeah. right? I mean, because, because I just, in a modern mind, that stuff doesn't make much sense and all that kind of stuff. And so, but, but the, you know, the psalmist says, oh, I delight in the law. Mm. Why? Why did he delight in the law? I mean, God gave the law. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it ultimately points back to God in some, uh, many yeah. ways. I mean, yeah, that's it. A Trey. demonstration of who he is, yeah. maybe. I, I delight in the law because what the psalmist believed about the law is the same thing we believe about the law and the same thing we believe about the entire Bible, that the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation is the revelation of God. Amen. That God right. reveals himself to God, the God of all creation who made us and knows us. The God of all creation has spoken to us in his word. Mm. And so the psalmist says, man, 
I'd lighten this. Like, yeah, it's tabernacle furnishings, and I, I, you know, I, the wood, I, it's kind of odd, but this is good mm. because it's God's revelation to me. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to think on it. I'm going to keep putting it into my heart and my life because this is the revelation of God. And for us as New Testament believers, we delight in the whole Bible too. But ultimately for us, the ultimate revelation of God is who, Trey? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Right? So we could, we could say this and we could say, Instead, instead of what he says here, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. We could say that too, but we could also say, instead, his delight is in Jesus. Mm, I never thought of it that way. Right? Yeah. And he meditates on Jesus day and night. Wow. Because Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God. Jesus is the one who was good for us. He is the very epitome of moral excellence. Mm -hmm. He is the very epitome of goodness. And so I'm going to meditate on his goodness and what it means that he was perfect on my behalf. And, and when I do that, the psalmist says, when you do that, you're like a tree planted by the waters. A tree planted by the waters, what does it look like, Trey? It is big and thick and it's healthy. The gorgeous leaves. It's, it's healthy. And, oh, man, yeah. It's healthy because it's constantly nourished mm -hmm. by, by the waters, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what, what the psalmist says. When you plant your, or when you meditate on Jesus day and night, you become like a tree planted on not not again he gives a comparison not like the wicked mm. they're like shaft blown away you're not shaft now if you're constantly meditating on jesus and who he is and what he's done for you now you're a tree mm. planted you cannot be moved because you've tasted and you've seen the goodness of god in jesus christ and you know that what he has for you is far better than the wickedness this world offers and so so man it's just it's just a true statement if you want to grow in goodness, you've got to let God shape you into who God wants you to be. And the way you let God shape you is you're constantly thinking about and meditating on who Jesus is. And that sounds kind of weird, I think, for some of us to meditate on Jesus. That's, mm. that's odd, right? Do I, do I just sit in silence and just think about Jesus? I mean, that wouldn't hurt you. I but, was going to say that's not yeah, a that's bad That's not idea. a bad thing. <laughs> but it's just, it is. It's, 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 it's having the right influences mm -hmm. that are constantly speaking truth in your life. It's, it's being in the Word, kind of like you're doing right now, Trey, the whole through the Bible in 90 days or whatever it might look like for you. Yeah. It's, it's you know, being in a small group study. It's just, just putting yourself in a position mm. to hear God regularly. Amen. And that's it. That's delighting in the Lord that I'm going to put myself, instead of putting myself in a position where I'm constantly hearing negativity, sinful talk, gossip, slander, whatever it might be, I'm going to put myself in a position where I'm constantly hearing mm. the things of Jesus. And when you do that, you'll be amazed at how God begins Amen. to shape you and make you into a person of goodness, a person who wants to live out the character of Christ and be morally excellent. In Northwood, we take an extra step beyond just life connection groups. We do discipleship yeah, groups as yeah. well. And I have one of my men that's in my discipleship group just tell me how much he is thankful for mm. the men of God that have come around yeah. him and helped him, yeah. you know, in a tough time in his life. So Absolutely. there's a lot of people struggling yeah, out there that yeah. need that kind of camaraderie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. Well, um, you know, I, I was thinking about what you were talking about. And Josiah, he found the law. Mm, and what mm. they did is they, number one, they sacrificed. And then the second thing is they just sat there and wept and cried yeah. and enjoyed that they yeah. found the law. Yeah. And uh, it reminded me what a professor at Charleston Southern just told me. He said, don't forget the blood is on every page. The mm. blood of Christ yeah, is on every absolutely. page. Absolutely. And, you know, th it, that, it, it does point us to Jesus. And that's yeah, what the does. law is. And yeah. when you said that, that was almost like a, a moment for me. Mm. Uh, that's very yeah. powerful, very yeah. moving. Yeah, it's uh, Amen. Uh, Pastor, if anybody is uh, out there and, you know, they just don't know how to be good today, yeah. uh, what should they, where should we start and yeah. say, okay, let's try to be good. How do we do that? You can't be good. 
Okay. So it's a recognition that you're not. I think that's it. I think yeah. it's, it's coming to that recognition that in your own strength and power, you can't be good. Mm-hmm. But there was one who was good for you, and his name is Jesus. Amen. And you begin to give your life to him and focus on him. He does change your desires, and he teaches you how to make choices that are consistent with his goodness. Because really, I mean, you know it, Trey, our bent is not towards goodness. Mm. Our bent is towards evil. And, and the only way that changes is to plant ourselves in Jesus to meditate on him so he can make us into that that strong tree that cannot be moved. So it really, it just recognizing that, I can't be good. I can't do it myself. I can't. Mm-hmm. But I can focus on Christ Amen. who was good for me and, and I can watch him change me into a good person. Amen. Right? Well, Pastor, this has been this has been good. good. <laughs> it really has been. Yeah. And uh, thank you for uh, really getting us to focus and concentrate on this. So well, why don't you close us out and get us ready for next week? Yeah, we do hope that today's episode has been helpful for you. And so this has been an encouragement to you. Go ahead right now and hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That helps get the word out about this podcast. And we hope always that, to, as always, today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.